You know, it really doesn't matter if you're playing in your first or your 400th game. If you're coming up against our Port Adelaide boys on the march towards September, you're just going to have to deal with us having to play this song after a big win. Sorry, Silk. Hey, this is the Eastside Johnny Big Redemption Light. No, I'm talking about. Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get out the way. Yes, it was another nice big win for our Port Adelaide boys on the weekend um, over Hawthorne in what was a massive game, obviously, with a lot of other implications running around it with um, everything going on with uh, Silk, Sean Burgoyne's uh, 400th game, and well done to him, um, the fourth Port Adelaide player or player to have been a big part of Port Adelaide to have um, reached 400 senior level games of footy. Um, I thought I'd make it clear that it is there is a lot more than the five that have been advertising. I did in the preview talk about the uh, the big five and the photos have been taken with um, Tucky Bartlett, Fletcher, and um, Harvey. But it is a well known and should be a lot more um, stated fact about the fact that this is um, a record. Um, senior footy um, has some somewhat warped towards obviously the VFL AFL side of things with the. Um, not as much uh, mind paid to the um, the incredible achievements of some people outside of that, such as our um, Sandful boys um, back in the day with um, the incredible achievements of the likes of Ebert and Phillips and um, and Co. There, so it is um, it is an unfortunate part of it, but it is still something to it doesn't um, regardless of the who's got the records, it doesn't really matter. If, uh, Sean Burgoyne is well respected and as well earned um, the celebration that came his way. With everything, um, you know, on on Saturday night, and it was wonderful, and it was even more wonderful to get the chocolates as well, um, to get the win, um, to to come out and in such a dominant fashion early, um, as well, um, which I guess is the first first thing, the first pointer 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 call really with the um, with review on this one is just talking about how how dominant we were early, um, and it, it's it's a wonder as to whether it's um, you know, Hawthorne just just weren't ready for it, but the the, the frustration that Hawthorne showed, particularly with um Tom Mi- Tom Mitchell acting like an absolute flog with his with his um um gesturing and, and pushing of Rosie after the free kick, which um it was there. I don't know what the free kick was actually called for. I don't people are saying it was like a holding, but then the he, he did catch him in the face. So I don't know exactly um you know what you know, what the what the booing was about with Rosie for the rest of the night. It certainly didn't um certainly didn't seem to phase Rosie too much. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he probably enjoyed it a little bit. It might have spurred him on a little bit, especially with that classy goalie kick towards the end that already to just add, um, add some cherry on top after what was a, a bit of a dicey second half there for a while. But Rosie, um, that, that snap was all class from from a fair distance and um, bang, banged it through and and gave the boo boy something to um, just suck on and choke on it, really, <laughs> with that goal just flying through. So... Um, but you know the the first half was um, just absolutely incredible. Particularly the second quarter. The first quarter was um, it was a bit of feeling each other out, but you could do, it felt comfortable at the same time. Um, Hawthorne had a few opportunities there early, but um, it just felt like we we were starting to find that groove in that first quarter. And um, even with the um, you know there was a very, very unfortunate incident early with um, Kane Farrell going down, and you always don't. You know, with the way footy's played now, with the the injury sub, um, having to use your sub early is certainly um, kind of you know just having to having to play some cards that you didn't want to early, 
in any game, and um, it's but that's what it's there for. It is there to be able to replace a player without actually losing your core rotations with the four on the bench, and that's what it's been used. And you know, like to be honest, you know, I talked about um, the injury sub stuff in the uh, in the early season preview stuff when I was talking about rule changes and all that stuff, and uh, there was a lot of talk of and conjecture about the sub because of it, will it be abused, yada yada yada. But it seems to be everyone's gotten used to it. It just seems to be. Um, Teams are just using it, using it for what it is intended to, and that's um, major injuries. And particularly, uh, Ken Hinckley said early in the season, I think it was around the time of, I can't remember if that was the Essendon game or the Richmond game, one of those home games. It could have been one of the, I don't know, sometime in the first four rounds. <laughs> Hinckley, there was a few, it could have been the Richmond game because I think we were like some Walker wind, wounded that night with a few guys battling some corkies and and. And whatnot, and uh, he said, you know, he didn't, he didn't want, he didn't, he wanted to respect the subs. Um, the the um, the idea, the etymology behind the rule was, it was for serious injuries, and he didn't want to use it just for corkies. And you know, you you might use it late in the game if you haven't used it, and you just you just need you want to get someone out, um, possibly. And uh, who knows? I don't know what how the thinking would go there, because then by then it's probably just not worth it anyway. Um, but. Um, yeah, it's because uh, then you know the guys have to miss the next week. Um, so th- there is that kind of that 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 little twelve that thing has been a, a good uh, wrinkle to put in there to make sure it's not abused recklessly. But um, Hinkley did have that, and I do respect that he has he has the respect for the rule for the what it's intended for. But um, certainly when we saw the replays of four uh, Kane Farrell's knee uh, bending in ways that um, they're not meant to, um, certainly not without uh, causing serious injury, and it was confirmed um, a couple of days later, sadly, he's out for an ACL with the year, and, you know, he's been up and down a little bit, um, Faz, but um, he's certainly starting to find his groove, and, and particularly the uh, the weapon that was his uh, his uh, his knuckleball, it was, um, you know, Farrell lining up from anywhere, it was kind of like, um, you know, knuckle puck time in uh, D2 Mighty Ducks, um, just, you know, he just... He just you get, he gets the ball and you can just see the other team like just just whimper as they, they you know from fifty you just know he's going to line up and, and all all that one that was um that's inspired me thinking about him being being a little Russ Tyler in um D two is just the fact that that goal a few weeks back against um Geelong from the, from the pocket there that just moved in ways that a footy shouldn't just like Russ Tyler's knuckle puck did in uh, D two so. You know he's found he, he was starting to find a groove. He was certainly f- starting to find a bit of the footy um that Collingwood Collingwood game, which was such a woeful performance in many ways. He was he was a shining light there for a while before we got a got a bit of a run going and and he was just starting to find a bit more of the footy and and certainly was uh, making himself known with just his ability to be able to find uh, find the space for whether it to be the to get the handball receive or whatever in in a in a good spot to line up for goal. And um, that's, you know, he was using his weapons well and finding ways to make an impact with both what he does in a special set of skills as well as just um, make an impact around the ball and all that stuff. So it was an unfortunate one to miss early and it certainly, um, yeah, you know, we're, we're feeling for him and I uh, hope, hope he has, you know, a swift and, and you know, it's you, you, you put um, well wishes and all that stuff out there, but it is the fact is he's, he's going to be injured for a while, but we just hope it's... Um, Whatever the recovery process is and whatever it is, it's just a smooth, smooth um, and and painless. That's not the right word. Um, you know, uh, there's setback free. I guess you know. Just hope it goes smooth and uh, is is what it's meant to be for what is uh, unfortunately a bit of a rehab time and a lengthy stint in the sidelines. But um, hopefully it all goes just um, goes to the book, I guess, and um, everything goes well for him in that aspect of it. But um, yeah, it was Marty Frederick that came on and um, he kicked his first AFL goal. And what, what, how bloody fun was that? Um, that one. 
the Creed fam. It was um, it was a fucking fun one to watch. Um, particularly, I didn't even realize it was someone. I think it was someone on the, Sam Sam Power as he's uh, as he is on Twitter. Um, he pointed out that he's um, he's just done the sold the candy and 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 kind of twisted the ankles of the four hundred gamer um in setting up the goal. You know, he gets the handball received from um. I think it was Rosie that um, Rosie again um, having some playing some brilliant footy, but um, gets the handball receive and kind of de- starts his way towards goal. And there's there's the old <laughs> 400 gamer, four time premiership player Sean Burgoyne and and mighty Frederick, who's about to kick his he's looking at for kicking his first goal ever. Um, now there's a lot of people that might see Sean Burgoyne in, in his 400th game with all the fucking fanfare that's going on around it. Um, and look at that moment and think, oh fuck, this is. But no, it's just Marty Frederick has been impressing a lot of us this year. Whether it be um, in the Sandfall, he's certainly getting a fair bit of footy. And when he's come into the AFL side, he's um, he's done plenty as well. And um, certainly, his, you know, his first game when he got twenty three or whatever disposals, he was he was really around it. But um, you know, since then it's been in and out and a lot of sub sub appearances. And it can be hard to find a groove. But um, the best thing you can do when you're getting these chances is. Is make an impact and show a little bit of what you got, and um, he showed a little bit of dosy do and um, and decided to go around rather than rather than be um, you know I guess starstruck by the moment. He just he just it was like it was like it was the first gamer that was in front. It was like it was the opposite version of him on the other side, just um, just uh, someone he didn't even have to he wouldn't even wipe the floor with. You know, he's just going that. That's just a oh, that's just a guy in a hawk's jumper. It could be someone off the that's come up jumped over the fence. I wouldn't even know. I'm just going to dance right around him and, and put through my first AFL goal, and he did, he did very well. So and and pumped it through, and it was um that was at that point we were just starting to get on top there in the first quarter a little bit, and um it really um you know it really started to get things. It was just we were starting to find our groove at that point, and and it, it was and his impact was certainly felt, and that's that's kind of part of his skill set. You know, you can't you can teach so much about footy, whether it be your your hand hand skills, your foot skills, and just just how to read read. The, read the play and, and certain aspects of it but when, what you do in those moments is is purely down to uh, or everything you've intaken as a footy player but then what you bring to it as far as your mind for footy and your skill set um, and he used that in that moment just to just to dance around the old 400 gamer and kick his first goal so well done to Marty there and that was that really was the moment where it's everything started to was just starting to click into gear and um you know you go into the second quarter and we just absolutely pile it on there and um you know I think Hawthorne I'm just uh looking at the, the box score now it was one goal four that they were at at one quarter time and one goal five at half time whereas we were three goals two at uh, quarter time and by the time we got to half it was eight goals five we we're up seven goals forty two points um and looking pretty pretty cruisy and um I have to say that was probably the most comfortable and happiest I've been at halftime so far this year with all the get footy we play because it was just how much we were outclassing Hawthorne. We didn't even, you know, we didn't even have that like little period at the end of the f- second quarter. We've had, a, we've been, had a few teams on the ropes a little bit and, and we've just let them get a couple of goals. Um, and just that late, that last, you know, time on of the second quarter has sometimes been a time when we've just let the foot off the gas, but we, we did, and we didn't, we just, um, we held firm and, and had a 42 point lead at the half. Um, and that was at the point I was thinking, oh, this might be that nice percentage boosting win we we're going to have. So um, yeah, halftime was halftime was fun, I guess. And that was, <laughs> I think, the last time I really had fun in this game until uh, late in the uh, late in the probably last quarter, really. Um, but um, yeah, the first half was. Um, I'll, I'll take we'll take a sh- I'll take a short break in a moment for myself just to 
gather my breath and 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 get into what um, talking about the second half and 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 all the fun that that was for a little while there. And but um, yeah, the first half was just complete control of the footy. Um, you know, defense. We just we just had them pinned back, and and our structures were f- were good. We had the structure, the press set up, and the the you know the kind of high press and. And um and they, we just weren't letting them get get past and and particularly um I mean the thing with our footy at the moment is it, it's really where we live and die by how you know because we're quite brave with the we are a team that likes to move the footy and be brave with the footy a bit and um certainly at times we'll we'll try to control it but at times which we'll, we'll, we're happy to take risks and that's great because we do have a highly skilled team but you know as when I get into the second half it's the skill we live and die by a skill a skill execution and but in the first in the first half it was just it was just brilliant um um you know charlie was charlie was humming um marshall you know marshall kicked his couple and and bergman was having a having a great game and did have a great game and um i really was just on bergman for a minute um i do hope he gets recognized with a a rising star nod soon i don't know he's probably not he hasn't played enough and probably he's not nearly playing consistently enough to the level compared to the players that are probably in the mix to win it um, but he, he's performing a role and he's actually really growing um, with every game that he plays at this level and, you know, kicking a couple of goals and um, that snap uh, snap that he kicked um, when he dropped the mark but picked it up and, and I think that might have been that second quarter run. Um, just really good. He's, you can see the confidence growing. He's certainly got the body for it. Um, he's incredibly young still, so he's got a lot to learn. Um, but um, just with kind of the body he is as a footy player um, and alongside his skills and his seeming... Um, incredible footy maturity uh, already for his age um he's he's grown into a really special player and he absolutely deserves to be a get a get a rising star not at least be in the be in the he's not going to be in the discussion at the end of the year with the um rising like i'm i'm realistic enough to understand that there's a lot of guys um i can't think of their names right but i'm just listening out every week for who's and their stats and all that stuff i was just like yeah no there's, there's some guys that are I've been playing week in, week out, and playing at a high level. Um, and that's not to say Bergman's not playing a high level. But he has been in and out of the side a bit sub. It's just not quite the body of work to win it. But he's got enough body of work now to absolutely deserve to be one of the nominees for the the award because that in itself is a um is a is a key indicator and 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 a thing to a thing to hang your hat on for your year as a your year debut year as a footy player. Um, that you were uh, recognised as one of the top young players in the league, and he deserves that. And um, I do hope he gets it soon because he had a great game on um, on Saturday night, and uh, he finished off with a couple of goals. And he's he's really quite interesting in ha- how flexible he's a real swingman of a player already, which is just how we're utilising him. Um, he's um, yeah, just finding finding the footy all over the park really, and uh, and having a um, in a, an impact and, and kicking goals quite well as well. So. Um, yeah, it's just just inc- yeah a great first half. I was just so happy. Um, it was a wonderful first half. Mays kicked a couple as well, and just everything seemed so nice. We were seven goals up at half time, and you know, you just I finally started to hope that maybe, just maybe, we would I would not um, shit my pants at least once in a game. But um, well, I guess we'll just talk about the second half in a moment. Oh, all right. The second half. Um, look, I'm looking at the, the, the before I get into talking about it because it, it in the moment I was, and I still maintain there was a lot to be frustrated about and how the second half played out because I think we expect um, Hawthorne. Have, I, I said in the preview pod um, back on for, 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 for Saturday morning. I probably did that. Yeah, I always do it late. Um, it was it it 
Hawthorne have been a side that have got some big wins over the last month and have had some close run losses as well. They haven't been as bad as their ladder position position tells us in the last month. They have been bad at times this year, but the last month they've been a lot. Um, they have played some pretty good footy and um, and they've got some great players. And you know there is there is things there. They're not gonna, and certainly for Silks four hundred, they weren't going to be um, weren't going to be an easy beat. And it was quite, kind of surprising actually how dominant we were because I think. Well, I think their intensity wasn't there in the first half. They certainly were, you know, Mitchell's frustration with Rosie, I think, told the story that they were just, um, sorry, excuse me, um, they just chucked some water in the break there and I probably should have given myself a break to have a burp. Um, anyway, um, but the, there was, um, you know, there was frustration spilling over there. So they were, you know, you don't get the, that kind of frustration without some effort um, is my belief, um, although Mitch, Mitchell might just be a flog anyway. Um, but um it's a Port Adelaide podcast. I can say what I want about Tom Mitchell. Um, it's uh, but it was it was um, so it was probably to be expected. They come out after halftime and have a crack because you know you, they kind of probably didn't want to go down uh, without a without a whimper um, in such an important um, game as far as the milestone goes. Uh, but it is it is still a worry that you know you we want Port Adelaide to you know there's things that we want to see out of our side and that is one you you just want to close out a game a bit better and make make sure of it you know we're at to 48 points early in the third quarter after getting the first goal of it and uh should have should have really just kicked on from there and at least if they at least if you just maintain around at that point um sometimes you get to a point um particularly when you've already used your injury sub and um, i think there's even some have made the point that maybe it is just there is like a game plan in in mind to kind of just Ease the pressure. Um, Travis Bokes dealing with a bit of a hamstring issue at the moment, it seems. And, you know, there's just a few players that probably just need to manage the bodies a bit. And uh, when you get 48 points up, maybe there is a directive. I don't know. I'd, I wouldn't expect so because, you know, percentage is important as well. You want to, you don't want to drop the intensity levels off that much. Um, but they they did a bit. And and certainly at the same while, um, probably dropping off just a touch, Hawthorne were actually uh, dr- uh, ramping their levels up. And that's it. It's small margins in this, in the game of footy. And, um, it told in that that third quarter, um, third quarter into the fourth. Once we got that forty-eight points up, um, it was all Hawthorne. They kicked five. <laughs> it was such an incredible game of runs. Really, it was. Um, they kicked the first one of the day, and then we kicked nine on the bounce, and then they kicked five on the bounce without us responding. And that's just that you just you just want you want don't want to see that. And, and I look at the other results of the weekend, and you see North Melbourne. Um, while never we're never going to beat the Western Bulldogs, had a crack and kept it close for a little while. Um, Adelaide certainly stuck with Brisbane, and you know, Brisbane, Brisbane, and North Western Bulldogs fans probably at one point were frustrated like we were because when it's your team and you, there's a team that's well below you on the ladder and you should be beating them by a bunch, and but they they end up going on and beating them by a bunch. Brisbane ended up smashing Adelaide because they just rolled over the top of them late, but Adelaide hung around, and that would have been frustrating if you're a Brisbane fan. So I, I kind of look at those those games and how they went and go, that's just how I was feeling on Saturday night as well, and it's not just us, but. Um, it is also something we've probably dealt with a bit this a bit this year, whether it be the um, St Kilda game. I remember they get there just a little, not that they're, they're actually never in the game, but uh, Frio certainly got it back to within twenty one points after we had a comfortable seven or eight seven or eight goal lead, um, and it was uh, a couple of missed chances from being within within three goals there. Um, and you know Hawthorne on the night um, got it back with to within twenty three points, and you know they kick one more and get it within three. I always think when you when you get it within that three goal margin, um, especially in a comeback effort, that's when things start to get a little bit shady. It gets shaky. It starts to get a little squeaky bum time, you know. And um, that's what it was starting to feel. And it's just frustrating when you've been, been when you know you've been up by eight goals 
to have a team and you're up by eight goals over over a team that you should be able to do that against and whether or not there's all the factors of 400 games and the fact that the team has actually played some pretty good footy when you get to that lead over them then that's you should you should um maintain or just you know not let it get back to that close and it was you know there's you know bounce of the ball here at the here or there and it gets back within three goals and you're starting to get that squeaky bum time so it was just a frustration in that sense and um you know there was a lot of things going on it was um the clearances and the inconsistency in there, we, we, we were, um, where was the stat? We were plus 24 in contested possession and plus 18 for inside 50s and plus 10 for clearances um, at the end of the first half. Um, Hawthorne didn't win a centre bounce clearance. We had eight um, and we just we just kicked on. But then um, we just didn't, um, didn't go on with it in the third quarter there for a while. And... Uh, We've just got to find a way to do that, especially when with Melbourne coming up. Melbourne's going to be a big test, and um, it's a, you know there is you got to have to say there's probably some worries there as far as how we're going to deal with that. But uh, we just need to find a bit more consistency in that game because we certainly showed it in the first half. Um, the first half of that game, it was um, we were just we were incredibly on top, and um, we're certainly not going to find that kind of dominance against Melbourne. We need to find the consistency to be in the battle and not have it drop off like it did. Um, I think Scott Lysett said and. Um, you know, it's just he said it as well. He's got to find the consistency. Um, and uh, I think he said in his interview after the game, um, I'm just trying to read. It was at Adelaide in um, Crow Tizer um, article that um, I found he, he was quoted in um, saying, you know, the Hawthorne had something to play for and they got a rock at half time and cha- changed a few things that maybe they weren't ready for. And um, they just, they, they, that port needs to find a way to adjust it quicker. And that is very true. We do need to find a way to adjust to these things quicker. Cause sometimes we, and you see, I was talking about the first half, how our silky, our skills were, um, and, um, our skill execution and the fact that we do live and die by how well we execute our skills, um, with the kind of game style we do play. And, um, it was very evident in that third quarter. You could just see the skill, like it was just started to become a bit reactive again. The skills had dropped off a little bit and that was just, that's where, it, you know, you just saw fun. It was just fumbly at times. You know, three players around the ball and trying to get it. And it's just bouncing around. It's just it's just that kind of ugly footy after such a sil- uh, silky first half. So um, those are the kind of things we've got. It we've just got to find a way to fix because it just wasn't good enough in that time. And like I said, it got back very close. Um, and and look, Hawthorne had a sniff there. We got to we got to be honest about it. There was definitely a sniff there for him. If they they found another goal there, a goal or two there, and got it back within three to two goals, um, you know, that's where you're in that zone that it just takes an inspired five minutes. Um, and we've we've been a part of those games. We've we've done it to teams, um, whether it be showdowns or some other games. We've been come back from, five, you know, the game against North Melbourne years ago. We came down by uh, by a huge margin at three-quarter time. West Coast, I think we've done it to before as well. And uh, certainly, obviously, like I said, it's some showdowns as well. So we've been on the right side of it. We've been on the wrong side of it too. And we, it just felt like, <laughs> especially when I'm sitting there on the couch and it gets to 23 points and I'm like, fuck. You know the commentator. You can hear the Hawthorne fans that are there getting getting louder and louder, and the commentators are like, "Could they do it? Could they do it?" Because they're all banging on about still cool night. So um, it just, I started the panic started to hit, and um, you know you got to sit back and go, "Okay, this is footy. It happens to a lot of teams. It's not just us, but it was in the moment. It was a it was a worry, and there is there is things there to look at to try and fix. And that's you know I guess you can look at it this way as well and say that hey. We got the got the win, uh, but we also got some um, good lessons in that, um, which we've got to take. And um, Hinkley, Hinkley and the staff certainly have to utilise um, because there are things that we've seen time and time again at Port at times, and it is a frustration for the fans. And 
we've got to find a way to fix it. But um, the the positive is we did get the four points. So um, yeah, and look, we did at the, um, when when the going got tough, the tough got going. We did um, end up kicking away again. You know, Dixon kicks a goal, um, a good a great goal from a really really tight angle, and um, I think that was when that one happened. And then they get do get another goal again and gets a margin back, but then. You know, we get Rosie, Rosie kicking a goal, and and um, I think I don't know if it was Dixon that kicked the last one or someone else, but um, you know, we got it back out to thirty four points, and from then on, it was just, it was just comfortable. So um, it was you know that that third third quarter into the fourth is something to really look at, but um, we also got to take the take the positives out of it and know that we had the game. You know, the game was we with such an incredible first half, it left Hawthorne with everything to do. And um, they probably threw everything but the kitchen sink at us, and and we and only got it back within just under four goals, and and we were able to uh, well we were able to take advantage of when they just let the gas off a little bit, um, probably because they were getting pretty gassed and um and allowed us to allowed us to uh, get back into it. Um, it was certainly interesting seeing Sean Burgoyne have a he had a real good opportunity. The goals there late, I think even Tom Jonas probably he he gave a smother attempt, but it probably wasn't the kind of smother attempt he would make if it was um. You know, uh, half a minute to go in the in the prelim or grand final. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I do wonder what was going through his mind at that time. I certainly don't ever question Tom Jonas, uh, the great man, uh, for his dedication to the cause of Port Adelaide. But um, I wonder if there was an inkling that he just didn't. He threw maybe ninety percent at it, <laughs> um, just throwing the arms up rather than and seeing if um, just. Given given Berg on a, a sporting chance of getting a goal, but he um, snapped it wide, I think, and um, that was that was that. He didn't he he had a um a quite quite game. Obviously, he's playing his four hundred four hundredth game. His best stuff's probably behind him, I would think. And um yeah, he was quite game for him, but it was a celebration for him, and um it was certainly um wonderful to see the the scenes at the end of the game. Um, I was I was wondering exactly how it would be handled with the chairing off. I thought wondered if a port player would be a part of it. And um, obviously, I did. Then I wondered if it would be both because of being the one port player um, that's out there playing. Obviously, Robbie Gray couldn't play. I'm sure he would have loved that um, being a, another former team with the other former teammate that's still around at Port. But um, it's wonderful to see both join Liam Shields and be a part of it because it probably um, has something that has been lost. And obviously, Bergwijn, the facts, the stats, that stats don't lie. He's for the vast majority of his career now. Um, or a large majority of his career has been at Hawthorne, but there is still a significantly large portion that is 157 games, which would be um, over half a career for mo- most normal uh, mortals in the in the AFL um, that were played at Port Adelaide, and he was a Premiership player and all that stuff. And um, for those watching that, may, that you know, there's not a lot of talk about you know most all, all AFL fans know that he was a Port Adelaide player, but some I think some people forget kind of how. He, um, amazing his career was at Port Adelaide with his all, all Australian selection there, and um, and probably his uh, most of his you know best really footy. A lot of his best footy was there too. He's he's still got more Port Adelaide goals than he has Hawthorne ones, which is um just shows how differently he was used, and um he certainly extended his career by um by how how he's changed his game at Hawthorne. But um yeah, there's a lot of exciting footy and some great moments at Port Adelaide, and um seeing a Port Adelaide player be one half of that chair um was just a real good. Real good moment for um, Port Adelaide fan for us to have our moment with enjoying Sean's um, uh, achievements as well. Because while we know and recognise and absolutely um, applaud how how much of an icon he's become at Hawthorne, we certainly remember him fondly um, uh, for what he for what he did at Port Adelaide and the, and the special piece that any you know the Burgoyne family is still 
a major part of Port Adelaide to this very moment. So, um, and certainly hope we hope for um, years to come as well. So, um, it was great moments, but um, yeah, really, really enjoyed um, seeing Travi be a part of that and just yeah, have our have our little um, part of the, uh, part of the celebration for what we remember Sean for. Now, not to be surprised at all, but um, you know, it's it maybe it's just me and uh, the Port Adelaide uh, socials or whoever does the play of the days have very good, very similar views, or uh, it maybe just be that the plays of the day are very obvious uh, for some a lot of games because they are certainly ex- exceptional quite often. Um, I my f- play of the day, obviously, um, it's uh, anyone that's seen the Port Adelaide one on their YouTube or whenever they release it on the socials is. The goal that resulted it was a Charlie uh, Charlie kind of snap running into the goals, but on the on the run a little bit, he kind of had to put it on the side of the boot to get it get it in there. Um, after a series of handballs that which involved uh, Motlop, uh, I think Marshall was in there, Georgiades was in there, and and uh, uh, Frederick was around the ball. I can't remember. I'll, I'll have to watch it back again as we as as I play it here in a second, and then we can talk about it a bit more. But um, as anyone that's listened to this podcast plenty you knows, I, I do enjoy a good smother, and I do enjoy a good smother that leads to um. Leads to goals and big moments, and I, I enjoy um play the one those one percent are heavy like well it's just not even just those incredible um sacrifice plays the ones that you know some others are you know are ones that um you know can um can hurt can be uh, they're just they're, they're, it can be a tough play and and one that is uh, one that um it it shows dedication to the cause and and is a great thing just a great team thing to do and i love when this in this play when you know it all starts from Mitch Georgiati smothering a kick that was about to come out just on the on about the 50 i reckon um he smothers the ball and it gathers and after a chain of handballs it gets makes its way to Charlie Dixon to to seal the deal late late in the game and it was um in a in a game that was you know at that point we were probably just on the just on the verge of feeling um, comfortable and feeling it was a bit of a bridge too far for for Hawthorne, but um, we still, um, it's in those moments that you want you guys to stand up and show those kind of little, little one percenters, I guess, and um, and seeing um, seeing Georgiades uh, make that smother and uh, was really just um, one of those things you love to see, especially out of you young guys. I've seen it with Farrell uh, lately. Um, Rosie's had some big ones lately, and um, it is a good sign for the culture that you're seeing. Um, these young guys really dedicate themselves to every facet of the game. Um, because Georgiades is certainly his highlights reel is full of uh, flying leaps and and some great goals, but um, those little ones throwing in there just show the the rounded package that these kind of players are growing into. So I'll play the I'll play the goal and um and then just uh, finish off on that one. Yeah, in front of Harwick, trying to cut back around Georgiades. Brilliant effort from Mitch. Nice handle from Todd Marshall. Pal Pepper, Georgiades, unselfishly. Four goals coming up. Big Charlie just kicks the sealer. The smother there, desperate stuff. Georgiades follows it up and hands off the assist to Dixon. That is great stuff from Georgiades. Charlie's ended up having a pretty solid night here. Four goals, 13 disposals. It was just um, it, there was so much going on there. as Marshall involved in that, and that, and and Motlop in that little chain of handballs, and it was incredible actually. That the you know it is, you know Georgiades the smother on Hardwick is out in the right in the where the the arc of the fifty hits the boundary, 
and he makes a smother, and then it you know it kind of dribbles out, and Frederick kind of shepherds through, and then and, and Marshall's on the on, ends up on the ground with the ball, handballs it out to Motlop, and then Motlop's handball goes, oh, and look look who it is, it's Georgiades having made the smother, has run right back, has gut run right back in there towards the goal square, and and re- taking the handball receive, and you know on, on the angle when it happened, I was like wondering what the fuck Georgiades was doing handballing off to Charlie because Charlie's angle seemed a lot steeper from. Um, from the from the angle, the camera angle looking towards the goals uh, from the from beyond the fifty, looking that way, I was just like wondering what he's doing. He did actually get he got hit pretty soon after the handball went. So it was actually when you look at it on replay, it was smart because George Yardis was about to be hit, and if he tried to lay that boot ball on the boot um, where where the opposition player was coming from, he probably gets hit and um, it probably just ends up. And and from the view behind the goals that the replay shows of Dixon snapping the goal, he's actually a lot more. A lot closer to being onto that 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 clo- that nearest um, goalpost than uh, the the angle at the steep angle it looked from the first one. So, um, and Dixon certainly finished it with a plum, and but that's why it probably gets it. You know, Rosie has that great goal. I think it might be after this one then that Rosie kicks that snap. I can't remember. I'm just I haven't watched the game fully through since the night. Um, but uh, it was just a. Great, there's you know that rosy goal's great. The Bergman snaps great. I've certainly talked plenty about Frederick's great goal earlier, but this one that's why I liked these plays of the days. I like more like the goal, the finish is great, but I like seeing all the stuff that leads up to it. And that smothers uh, clean hands, love a good clean chain. You know, handballing can get frustrating at times when it's not going nowhere, but when it's a real clean chain like that, it shows how crucial the hand the handball game is when you can get it flowing like that because you just move the ball so quickly in that in those. In those moments, it went from um, you know the, the smother right to a, 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 a real um, finish right on the close to the goals there, very very quickly um, and too quick too quick that the uh, players wouldn't have known what hit him. So and yeah, just sealed the deal and Dixon got his bag at four and um and we're all uh, all happy days there. So um, yeah, a great play of the day and one that just showed there was a lot of lot of stuff to love about what um, the best of Port Adelaide football can be in that play. So. Yeah, if you want to see the goal again, you just uh, look at the play of the day on the Port Adelaide YouTube account for round 16. It's there, and it's a uh, fun, one, fun one to watch a couple of times and enjoy. All right, so we'll run through a few more things before we finish up here. Uh, Ollie Wines, uh, again, 43 disposals. Um, he's having a great year, probably getting the three Brownlow votes there, and it's starting to look like if you... Uh, fucking doing the Brownlow predictor is um, a shit show because... The amount of times you do that and players are like tipped to do well in, in games and they don't get the votes because the umpire's just seen something else random. Because, you know, you can have a game like this where I'm, I'm not to say Dixon's going to take the votes, but you just have a, those random games where a four just looks good to the umpires and four goals is a good performance. I don't think it's quite enough to take votes off Ollie, obviously, with the 43 disposals, but. Um, it's one of those – you see those games randomly. Forwards, they, they'll never get votes, but it's the one game where a player, like midfield has 43 disposals and the forward will randomly get, like, three and they, they'll give the two to the – like, it's just – I've seen it before in Brownlow counts where you just go, how the fuck did they see it that way? And so I certainly think Ollie's going to be right up there at the end of the year. I did check my sports bet account. I did put $10 on him when he was at um, – at uh, eighty-one to one, so <laughs> I've got a um, even more hopeful now. No, I, I, the money's irrelevant to me as far as the bet. I just put that bet on at the start of the year, thinking he might be on on course to a great year, and um, and that'll just be a nice bonus for me at the end of the year if he does go through with it. I did have um, it was uh, inspired by I think um, Alessiani with the pair, um, uh, which he does great content, so you should always watch his stuff and uh, and all that stuff. But um, I he. Predicted, I think Jones and Wines. Jones for Brown, Rising Star, Wines for Brownlow. So I, um, I did a, a, a just a parlay with both of those. I think ten dollars on that one as well. 
Which if that had if um, Jones had gone had not had an in, had injury free year and played most of the year and won the Rising Star as we'd hoped, <laughs> I would have won nineteen grand off that one if they'd both come off. But um, hey, if Ollie just wins the Brownlee, we'll be fine, and I'll be fine if neither happens as long as the Port Adelaide team has the ultimate success anyway. So it is all about the team, but it's certainly wonderful to see Ollie having an incredible year again, and um, just just getting around the ball so much, and um, and Boak um was. Uh, Boke was Boke again. He, is, he does seem to be struggling a little bit with that Hemi. Um, certainly not going to speculate about whether he'll be available for Thursday or anything like that. I think he, I think he will get up for it, but short turnaround probably isn't the best. But um, he said he's had some precautionary scans, and it's just what you what you got to deal with as a footy player, and particularly um, those are you know where as you get older, it's just there, there is going to be little things that happen. So. But what better time to be talking about the guys, um, just to briefly touch on it before we finish up, the likes of Butters um, back in the Sandful. Um, a real surprise, really, last last week when he found out that um, suddenly his... Um, and it's been the funny thing about this injury of his, uh, the, the syndesmosis itself uh, was meant to be a very short... Well, not short term, but, you know, a month. You know, Lockie Jones had it um, a week later, and he was back um, back and he's he's had time to get back and get injured again, the poor bloke. But, um, you know, the nerve damage thing really threw a spanner in the works. And it was one of those ones that we just, as a club, transparently said, we don't know. It's just, uh, it's not something you can put a timeline on. We would just um, manage it and see how he goes. And it was promising, you know, a few weeks ago, we saw the videos of him running at training. He looked to be running really freely. And then more and more videos of him training and looking like he's having fun. And he just looked like butters and... And it was promising, and I still don't know if I was expecting to see him back before maybe this week or even the week after, to be honest. But um, suddenly it was, um, no, we think he's ready to play. You know, he's he's running freely. He's looking fine at training. And as Hinkley said, I think it was Hinkley said, you know, at some point you've got to get him back playing footy if everything, if they're ticking all the other boxes, you can't. Yeah, so got him back in the sample. I think he had about 20, 21 touches. Um, I can't remember, I don't remember the exact number. But I think it was around the 20 mark, which is a good return. And, and ins- helped um, inspire a last quarter. Uh, not that it was, it's a comeback. Um, certainly the game was close all day, so it wasn't like a, a com- roaring comeback from 30 points, 30, 40 points down. But they were down all day and then down by eight points at the final turn, I believe. And um, Butters got two in the last term, including the one that put him ahead and then one that kind of sealed it, really. Um, and it was classic Butters' goal, kind of roving off some um, a, a crumb and a ball and snapping snapping around the body from a decent distance out. And... Um, he looks stoked to be back out there, and it was just um, just so heartwarming to see him out there. And and Jake Pasini, who's um, in the sample and only playing a second game for Port, but um, he was back uh, from injury. Um, Jackson Mead, who had that horrible um, ruptured spleen earlier in the year, which was quite actually scary um, if you read the stories of Darren Mead being at home and finding him, um, you know, quite crook at home after the game and having to rush him to hospital. It was uh, quite a horrific um, injury um, and a decent decent little injury layoff that Jackson Mead's had, but he's. He's back playing, kicked a goal, and um, and Tom Cleary, of course, was back as well. So we had um, and Hamish Hartley had a good game as well. Um, so there is some there is some soldiers coming back and some good and um, certainly a, a big win for the Sanford boys uh, alone. Just to just for the Maggies and and their season was wonderful to see and and just for the the entirety of Port Adelaide and, um, for our um, AFL side and everything to come in the next few weeks. It's certainly we want to start getting players, but you know we've lost Farrell and um, we're. You know, these depth guys keep dropping a little bit. So having some of these guys that have come in back um, that these guys have been um, covering for is going to be real handy. Now, whether uh, this, uh, the way that all the whether smoke this fire and everyone seems to be thinking and Butter seems to think he'll be right for Thursday, it is certainly going to be um, whether how they'll manage him with the rotations. And and certainly I wouldn't expect to see Butters at the 35 touches kind of level, but um, that he was starting to show earlier in the year. But uh, I would... 
I think this is the way they're talking. Everyone's saying he seems to be fine. He's up for selection. I think I think we'll see Butters in the side for Thursday, which will be super exciting. But um, we'll talk about that in the preview tomorrow. Um, but for now, um, a big win, a wonderful win uh, over Hawthorne. It certainly wasn't without its drama, and I've I've, t- I've talked about that at length here um, with the, the how the um, the stark contrast between the first two the two halves were. And I I think that um, just to finish off, I think. That's probably the the biggest thing that made it feel so bad. You know, if it had been a tough battle all the way through and we edged away at the end, um, which is kind of probably more how I was, I was expecting Hawthorne to be a bit more up for it at the start rather than come into it in the second half. It might have felt differently. It might have felt like a bit more. It's just how dominant we were in that first half. It just de- it deflates you when you let that let them get back into it a little bit rather than, you know, it's it's all, it's all context to how you win it. You know, I probably would have, if I'd made, I, I think I forgot to do a score prediction in, in my preview, but I thought probably would have gone for Maybe six goals would have been about where I think we might win by. So I'm not. I was, certainly wasn't expecting this to smash him. So to win by 34 points in the end, I'm right there basically. But it's just how it came and how you know just how it went. Um, the narrative of the game, but how dominant we were, and the fact we we're up by 48 points. You start suddenly start thinking about those big percentage, percentage boosting 10 plus goal wins, and you know it's it's all that stuff that happens that changes the and then so when they come back into it you get a bit disappointed but i should you got to look at the context of the the season and everything like that and you you'll never turn down a 34 point win away from home against a side that um is probably, has been playing better than better than their latter position lately and certainly celebrating um um an all-time great in Sean Burgoyne and everything that was going on there so a 34 point win is very well earned and um you know, we come back and we get refreshed and get ready for a, uh, a massive game this week and one that will really uh, tell us a lot about just exactly where we are. Won't be, won't be all, you know, the the fall of Rome if we lose, and it won't be, it won't mean that we're suddenly going to win the Premiership if we win. It's just a good sign to see where we're at as we climb towards September. Main goal is keep racking up the points, keep um, getting them done for September, but. Um, Get more into that in the preview this uh, tomorrow night um, as, a, as we get ready for a Thursday night game. I've got to fucking do a preview on a Wednesday. Fucking hell. Um, at least I can't say it won't. It'll be late because it'll be it'll be incredibly early because it'll be on a Wednesday, even though the game's on Thursday. Whatever. Um, but yeah, cheers, guys. And um, we will uh, talk to you again for the preview this week. But can the pair, great win. Let's get let's keep this season rolling. <laughs>